So, hi, welcome to uh, this week's episode of The Content Barn. Um, as you may know, we kind of theme our weeks here at Capital Content around uh, delivering blogs and podcasts and stuff on particular industries or topics. Uh, and this week in particular is recruitment. Um, we've seen a lot of things in the news, a lot of people being made redundant, coming off a furlough, not getting their job back. So we really want to help or you know, give some tips and tricks around um you know the recruitment industry or getting a job going from unemployed to self-employed whatever it might be and i am joined by the managing director of brand recruitment dominic phipps is it phipps or phillips sorry it's phipps yeah it's phipps it's, it's, uh, right. yeah. Yeah. it's one of those one of those names which you know tends to get a bit of a you know phipps or phillips so we can we can run with that. i thought it was phipps and then i questioned myself because the red lights on the camera <laughs> i got a bit nervous about it uh, so Dominic, uh, tell me who you are and a little bit about brand recruitment. Sure. So um, my name is Dominic Phipps. Uh, I head up the team at Brand Recruitment. So brand are um, a powerhouse in the, uh, the market. They are a powerhouse. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we've been going for the last um, the last 15 years. Um, we uh, specialize purely in marketing, PR, comms and digital. Uh, recruitment so within those specialisms um covering the central and eastern region so that's from leicestershire down to oxfordshire oxfordshire across to essex essex up to norfolk and everything in between so that, that sort of middle the middle block as it were so um so you're going for a while fair amount of experience in i suppose both the client side and also canada side so hopefully hopefully i can help out on this call anyway yeah and you've kind of taken the reins in the last few months i think is that right yeah, so I took up a, a leadership position at Brands uh, just over a year ago now. So um, yeah, I was I was actually brought on board from a client development role uh, for B Sky B. That was years ago. So that was about ten years ago now. So I'm a, I'm a feature of the office and a piece <laughs> of furniture apparently, having been here for ten years. So, um, so yeah. Cool. And the reason that we know each other is because uh, I think originally we did a bunch of content for you a little while back, but you're also a sponsor of the Marketing Meetup. Of course. Big yeah, up, yeah, big yeah. up so to Joe we've, Glover. Um, we've, yeah, we've, we've, we've sponsored the all the Marketing Meetup now since, well, since day one, since day or week one. So we were involved with the very first Meetup where I think what, about 15, 20 of us were all in the same room, and then obviously yeah. grew to it, you know, the size of which it, which it is now. So uh, Yeah, it's huge. He's done an amazing job. And I uh, personally have spoken at about 10 of them around the country. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's, it's great fun. So that, that's how we know each other. Um, so, recruitment. Obviously, so we wrote a blog post this week around trust. It's all about trust, Gary. <laughs> uh, and, you know, what we can say quite openly is that maybe recruitment agents are not overly trusted in fact i think they're in the bottom 10 industries of uh, you know a trusted company or a trusted person is that something that you've come across you know have you met people or you know you've rung up to be a client or any of your sales people have rung up to try and win a, a client as such and they've gone no agencies we don't trust you kind of thing yeah it's um it's it's a tricky one because whilst I don't want to I obviously don't want to down talk the industry which I operate in too much. Sure. Um, it's rightly as you put it, it's widely known that it's it's a hugely saturated market. The, the recruitment industry is one where um, actually to to a degree it's got zero a zero barrier to entry on it as well. You know, so literally you know anybody could leave school, 
um, or leave university and decide, you know what, I'm going to set up a recruitment company. There isn't any, um, you know, licensing like they do. Have yeah, no here, governing like bodies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. You just got to so, be, you know, a relatively good salesperson or good relationship yeah. builder, that kind of thing. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, precisely. And that's um, actually what you've just said there in terms of that that sentence, um, the salesperson element. Actually, that is that's its biggest issue, I suppose, with regards to the trust factor. Um, what you do have, you have um, a considerable amount of recruitment consultants who, um, I use the word consultants very, very lightly there <laughs> yeah. as well. So um, you have a considerable amount of people who um, who uh, can sell their products or their services particularly well. You know, it's a promise of being able to service the client accounts. Um, it's a promise of being able, able to give really good customer service both on the client side and also candidate side yeah but then actually when you break down what those processes might be in the background to achieve both of those things both of the customer service and the client service obviously the end goal is to fill the role but the issue that a lot of recruiters have and a lot of the issues which the industry has is how they then get to that end goal and what you might find is it's a little bit like um, a bull in a china shop, you know, sort of scenario where you 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 know there's a lot of collateral damage there that yeah. can happen if the process isn't done correctly. Um, and the trust the trust factor is something which um, is is something which is born from probably previous experience or being able to have you know demonstrable examples of the work that you've done in the industry before um, and almost telling the client or the candidate the recruiter's credentials to gain that trust. Um, so is that what you so, do? Is, is that kind of the first you know, foot in the door is to talk about your, your credentials, your experience, how good you are, the brands you work with, you know, the, the plate that everybody has of all the logos. Is, is that the yeah. first step into trying to build that trust? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, if it was a completely sort of cold approach, in a sense, you know, if you were approaching a client um, about that, yes, in, 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 you know, in those circumstances, you would be, in essence, you would be putting forward your recruitment CV, in a sense. You know, yeah. that's, that's the easiest way to put it. You know, so you're putting forward your experience, um, both in the industry, but then also specifically to do with that client's role, which you're intending to then service as well. So it's uh, yeah, it's the same as creating content in the sense that you know when you when you're writing stuff, you write about your experience. You know, any sales, you, you write about your experience, and there's also an element of a story as well. Right? Everybody's about well, we're always about storytelling, and I think you know for you guys probably in particular, I think Steve started kind of like with a laptop in the back of a car kind of thing like 20 years ago, right? Uh, and then, you know, they you tell that story over, a, you know, within a single paragraph or your elevator pitch or whatever it is, and that also builds trust because people buy from people, right? If you went to go work for, you know, the blue team, they would, you know, your, your clients would go over there because they bought from you and they, they trust in you, not necessarily that little pink box that you put on the, on the letterhead kind of thing, you know? Exactly. Uh, and what yeah. what else, what, apart from kind of the, like the conversations, what do you do as a business to help alleviate that trust? Because obviously it's, it's about relationships as well, right? Yep, um, sure. And what, what other things yeah. do you do in terms from a, rather than an individual salesperson ringing up on the phone, what does the business do as a whole to try and um, get people to trust you? Not to say that you're not trustworthy, but it, it, there is a barrier of trust, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look, it's I don't I don't mind sort of talking about 
you know, the whole trust, the trust factor within the, the industry. Because I know that we, you know, I, I do feel as a business brand are very good at, you know, gaining that trust, you know, from years of from years of operation. I think um, a lot of it does come down to the way that, um, you know, certain recruitment businesses support the market in which they operate. Um, there's a lot to be said for, you know, assisting the market or assisting the marketing community in our case, you know, yeah. just um, being in a position where we are not only taking from the industry in its, in its most simple sense, you know, in terms of us placing people within other roles within the industry, that's very much a one-sided um, sort of way of doing things. If you think about it in a very simple way. Yeah. Um, so what we do try to do is, you know, hence the reason why we do all the sponsorship side um so sponsoring various, you know, meetups. Obviously, we've got the marketing meetup, Optimizee. We sponsor various um, conferences as well. So Digiconf most recently as well, which was run by OST. Cool. So I mean, there's various, yeah. There's there's lots of things which we do in the background to support the, um, I suppose, to support the marketing community in which we operate in. Yeah. Um, so that support gives you that awareness as well, right? Yeah. Sure. Um, and yeah. then, you know, we mentioned earlier about kind of standing out from the crowd, right? There's there's lots of uh, agents out there. Um, there's, you know, lots of businesses. Do, do you guys niche in marketing? Is that right? What, what, was sure. the, what, was the, what was the thought process around niching? Because us as an agency here, we don't have a niche, you know, mm-hmm. but you know that's kind of good and bad right some we you know if a charity came to our website and we we said we specialize in making content for charities we would absolutely kind of get past that roadblock and we would sell probably pretty easily but then we would alienate other industries so what's your thought process i assume obviously steve you know kind of put all this in place back when he started it um but do you feel okay being in a niche and not doing finance? Well, I guess really thinking about it, you know, it's, it's actually marketing in finance. It's marketing roles within yeah, the industry. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, the, the, um, we, we cover all, we cover all industries, but within this, you know, this, um, sector of marketing. So as long as it's marketing, PR and communications, we can work on those roles. It's irrespective of which industries it's in, but it's just, yeah, right as you put there, in terms of obviously your niche is content in a sense. Yeah, you know, so video. Yeah. Content, you know, video. It's you know, it's 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 is everything which is then consumed by the by the viewer or the you know the, the, the reader. Whereas, I suppose our niche is um, is focusing in on one area of recruitment and just being as good as we possibly can at that one area. Um, and I think that, that it's that quality factor, and that, that it's the quality factor that then. Um, which allows us to, you know, be that sort of core contact, I suppose, in the industry for what we do. Yeah, um, sure. You become that leader just in that yeah. in that niche, for yeah. example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it becomes something which is, you know, we, we get a hell of a lot more referrals now than what we did ten years ago. Yeah, you know, and that's probably I, the big thing, right? That's probably you know, you probably look at your lead generation. And referrals probably do play a big part of it, or they become some of your larger clients because referrals go a long way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of what we do, you know, lead based now is is um, is converting leads which are inbound. Yeah, the same as us. Outbound sales just yeah. don't work. It's about yeah, your inbound yeah. marketing, getting those leads coming in, and really, eight percent of our work comes from referrals. 
you know the referral pieces because it just the case studies i don't feel work very well but word of mouth or at least someone ringing up another company saying these yeah. guys are really good you should use them that's what goes really well you know mm-hmm. sure. and it's about sure. facilitating that relationship with the person that referred you so we have kind of like a, a you know a, a process where we gift personalized gifts to these people that refer us so for example we there was a a girl that referred us to a client called newton europe who ended up being our largest client right and they spent so much cash so we had to we not we had to i wanted to give a gift to this girl who is the head of who is now the head of marketing at brompton bicycles and we gave her a smart helmet so she could make him take phone calls listen to music using a helmet while she's out cycling and that was a thoughtful relatively expensive gift that and then we added a note to say oh just to let you know majority of our work comes from referrals so if you know anybody either now or in the future please do think of us so it wasn't like hey you know i want i want you to use the business we definitely won't get brompton bicycles because they just signed a massive contract with another agency but she'll know other marketing people and that referral really really helps you know and i think that's probably how agencies can really stand out is developing their current relationships and pushing those referrals absolutely yeah yeah yeah. It's, it's about the it's about the quality factor and the thing is you won't receive those those referrals without having good quality you know because if, if if the product which you're pushing isn't good quality then you don't you don't recommend you know I absolutely don't, we don't in our in our personal lives if you if you have a particularly bad product at home you're not going to i'm refer, definitely you know, not going to refer it to other people yeah so, um, and, and sorry to mention the c word but covid yeah. how has how have, how have you been going the last few months you know obviously have you had to pivot classic buzzword uh have have you you know how's work been because you know obviously we see uh like we mentioned before we start the podcast that in the last 48 hours there's probably been another 2,000 people that have hit the job market what Mm -hmm. with pizza express dropping off the off the uh, market and also um hayes travel dropping 900 people like that's huge especially for the travel industry oh my goodness um so you know how has your business been going yeah, it's, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's been really tough. It's um, you know we we uh, we obviously operate in a way that we charge our clients for the work that we've done uh, once the, the the project is completed. You know, so once the the candidate has started and we've taken that candidate through the onboarding process and we you know all parties are happy and so on like that. Unfortunately, uh, like so many people um, in the job market. Uh, you know, March, April, May, June. Um, there were several assignments which we had completed on. We'd done all, we technically done all the work um, up until the point at which the candidate was due to start. And then, you know, and there's various clients who, you know, through no fault of their own. And I think that's really important to say, you know, because we've had to, so many businesses have had to adjust in lots of different ways. But, um, you know, they, they, they weren't able to take the people on who we had found for them. So, I mean, it did, it, I'm not going to lie. It did. It, it shook us for for um, for a period. We're you know we're not a small business. We're 25 people. Yeah. For a, a niche, you know, or boutique specialist agency, that's actually you know, considered a sort of medium-sized business. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I I'd be lying to you if I said it was completely plain sailing. But I I would say that um, I mean there were certain things which we which we tried to do um, again to 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 change our focus really. So instead of it being purely about, um, 
you know, the roles side of things. We switched our focus to supporting candidates, so helping candidates with their CVs and their online yeah, profiles. Brilliant. Um, uh, I suppose offering up advice in terms of, you know, the recruitment process in general, um, working on mock interviews with, with, with potential candidates and people within the marketing industry. Yeah, it's so, empathy, right? Yeah. It's like you kind yeah. of com- combat exactly. this illness, uh, this disease, sorry, with empathy and you try and get through the next kind of few months um, by giving back that whole support. Like we did exactly the same thing. We were doing free subtitling and free video CVs to try and get people, you know, back up into the job market. And uh, uh, that which leads me on to, you know, obviously marketing budgets are usually the first to go in any crisis, right? Because the, the the MDs or the, the CEOs tend to think that, oh, that's that's the first budget to get rid of is marketing let's focus on sales 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 and it's like well actually are you a marketing led business or are you sales led business nine times out of ten you're marketing led but the ceo doesn't know that and yeah like i said what's happened is there's been thousands of people that have lost their job particularly in marketing probably first and foremost and that's probably given you a bit of a, a skew now so you probably have loads of really good candidates uh, and not so many clients because not so many people are hiring. So, what can candidates do um, mm-hmm. to to better themselves? You know, have you got your you know Dominic's top top two tips uh, on what they can do? Because obviously you've probably had loads more people contact you. How how do how do you um, how do you better yourself in front of another thousand people sure. in the queue? It's um it. it... To a degree, it's about standing out, I would say, you know, and, and it's so easy for me to say that and probably listeners to this, you know, to, to this podcast will probably think, oh, actually, of course, it's about standing out. Yeah. You know, that's a silly thing to say. But the, the thing is, there's lots of things which um, which candidates can do to, to, to get ahead of the curve, especially within marketing as well. Mm-hmm. You know? So I mean, this is obviously applicable to, the, you know, the wider industries as well. But, um, you know, show creation you know show how creative you can be that's that's something which um which holds a lot of weight there was a um, there was a horrendous stat that came out back in 2012 um of the the amount of time which hiring managers used to um to evaluate candidate profiles and candidate cvs and it was 6.4 seconds oh god um and that 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 did go up and again this was this was based around using uh, visual tracking technology um, did get up, get up to between 10 and 13 seconds um, in 2018, but but that just highlights how how brief the window can be. Yeah, is that because of like, the general face value design of a CV? So not actually looking at the words, just the the, the padding and the gaps and the light yeah. and the colours and the fonts and stuff. They've not yeah. read a single word in that six seconds, but at face value. It's like, it's like going on a date, for example, whether you think they're attractive or not attractive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's and actually, that's a very good way of thinking about it. I think people will make, you know, very quick snap judgments on the aesthetics of a CV, the presentation of a CV, you know, the formatting and so on. They, they will also look at very much the opening few sentences. You know, the, 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 I always say in terms of the, you know, my two, my two top tips would be to create the first half of your CV as as punchy as possible you know so get straight to the point um make sure it, it stands out in terms of credentials and you know because the, the reader will be qualifying you you know in any way that you you know that you want to look at it it's very much a qualification tool a cv so um but the other option then is just to go 
much more on the creative side of things. You know, you could, um, what you mentioned earlier on about a video CV, um, it's a great idea. Um, yeah, we, we made one for our uh, head of production's wife. She lost her job. She was in the travel industry, had been for like, you know, 20 years. And it's very, you know, the travel industry in particular is a very difficult industry to be in at the moment. Uh, she'd been searching for ages, you know, almost got to that point where you're just constantly clicking apply button on LinkedIn. Um, nothing was happening. We made her this video CV whilst we were on lockdown. And yeah, she got, I think within 48 hours, she got like three phone calls to say, hey, we're looking for someone just like you. And that video CV almost kind of leapfrogged her one stage. You know, she'd already had that first stage interview by someone watching that video. They got to see the personality, the type of, you know, and it was really engaging. And, and this leads on to my other point is that she put this video over LinkedIn, right? Got loads of engagement, loads of views, loads of people liked it and shared. It was shareable, you know, thumb optimized, whatever you want to call it. Um, but my tip, although I'm not in recruitment in any sense, um, it is about personal brand. You know, people only, uh, you know, send their CV out or become present when they're looking for a job. But yep. you, your brand, you as a person, it should be relatively noisy if you're if you're serious about your career. You know, for, for me, for example, I'm quite noisy on LinkedIn. I'll post every day. I have the Gary Show, all of this. And I don't think I would have too much of an issue around what people know of me if I was to go out into the job market you know mm-hmm. if for someone that doesn't post on LinkedIn and all of a sudden they just put out hey I'm looking for a job oh that's just one little periscope up for two seconds and then it's back down again so I yep. think it's actually an ongoing thing don't if you if you get it's, unfortunately you get made unemployed uh, but I think it's an ongoing thing you don't have to manage your LinkedIn page particularly on the basis of your business that you work for it's that personal brand you know, and sure. I think if people kind of yeah. carry on that personal brand, uh, uh, you know, just bubbling along whilst they're working for someone, it's easy to push that h- higher without too much effort and a lot more exposure. Do, 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 you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I think um, there's a lot to be said, you know, for the personal brand side of things and also what you mentioned about skipping, you know, skipping a stage as well. Um, and there's several clients who we work with Um who only work with us, you know, on an exclusive or a retained basis. So they, you know, they, they don't use any other agents. Um, but one of those, one of the stipulations that that we've put in place for that sort of arrangement is that we will supply um, them with video, you know, in essence, video CVs or video profiling. You know, so that, you know, it almost, um, it, it does almost skip a stage in that sense. You know, we've we've done that initial round. Um, that it's 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 about that human to human interaction. Absolutely. You know, what I mentioned earlier on as well, and, and people buying from humans. Um, it works both ways. As an agency on our side, it gives us, you know, the the, the, the weight in terms of the quality. You know, the hiring managers know that we're doing a really good job, and it's thorough, and it's you know, it's about quality and getting that cultural fit right. Yeah. But then likewise for the candidate, you know, they also know that. They are putting their, their best foot forward when applying for the role and creating their own personal branded profile rather than just a CV. I think that's really important. Yeah, right. Uh, and you, you're right about the creative. Just to wrap it up, it, it is about standing out from the crowd and being creative. I don't know what your thoughts are, but I quite like the idea of the, these people that have created a CV based on the 
job that they're applying for so if it's a you know a food package design company they've made their own cv but wrapped around a tin right and you know and instead of like nutritional facts it could be their education or or, or along those lines and i love that sort of thing because it, it get you know you see them post it out on linkedin and, and it really gets a whole bunch of engagement it might just be a bit of a you know a, a nice thing to do but uh, have you seen that happen have you had any land on your desk yeah i mean there's there's, there's been the odd um you know very creative way of applying for a role so i mean one one um one example of this, actually, I mean, this was only about six months ago. This was pre-COVID. Um, there was a particular role which we were recruiting for in luxury and luxury goods. We received a, um, it was a, it was a tailor-made box with a ribbon and everything like that, and inside was the candidate CV. But they had, um, they had written their CV and they based the CV purely around the luxury industry which they had been working in, but then also created a bespoke box for it to land on the. Desk oh, amazing! The so, that, yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. I love it. So it's it's just a really nice touch, and it, it sort of sets you aside. But I think as long as you are, you know, sending that whatever it is that you've put together in terms of that creative element, as long as it goes directly to the person who will be interested, rather than an HR party, you know, who who has to sift through a thousand other profiles and so on like that. I think that's I think it's really important. As long as it goes to the right person who will appreciate that creativity, definitely, hundred percent. That is a great tip there. Um, hey, look, thanks very much for joining us on the Content Barn, Dominic. Um, uh, next week, I think we have Active Week, so definitely tune in for that. Uh, we did originally call it Sports Week, but uh, it's not just about sports. I wouldn't class yoga as a sport. But we've got lots of tips and tricks on video content for yogis as well, which is really cool. Um, obviously, listen to all of our previous. Click subscribe, follow Spotify, iTunes, all that monarchy. Again, thanks to Dominic from Brand Recruitment. Uh, and we'll catch you all next week. Cheers.